So the night I got arrested, it was by the FBI. It was a federal case. And to cut to the very end, and I'll fill in some of the in-between, after the night I got arrested, I did not see my freedom again for about 10 and a half years. This is Dallas Stevens, your host of the Strive Podcast. What's up, guys? I'm here to bring you knowledge and true stories from some amazing people relating to all things health, fitness, wellness, beauty, and just overall life experiences. Strive means to make great efforts to achieve something, so let's do that today. Here we go. I am welcoming my first guest of season two, Nate. He is a fellow trainer at my gym. I actually have known him for years and always admired him as like one of the top trainers that I know. He's so skilled, so knowledgeable, so fit. His veins, I can see his veins. He just knows all of his stuff. And even more importantly, he's battled through some hardships um, and always comes out on top. Um, probably some stuff that most of us have never gone through, maybe won't ever go through. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> and still managed to find his love of fitness and just keep that top priority, which is so amazing that you strive every day, no matter what the circumstances. Yes. So that is why he's the first guest of my season two. And Nate, welcome. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. It's amazing. We work in the same space every day almost. And... Mm-hmm we don't get to have a ton of conversations because we're both just very busy while we're there. I noticed that. And I'm like, we trainers, it's like back to back to back. And then once you're done, you leave. And so in between, we might chat for a hot second, but that's about it. We never really get to like tell each other about our lives. A lot of of joking around for the most part. Uh Exactly. It's more just like, like, children at school. (laughs) Um, But when I found out about your story, I don't even know how I found out. Someone was like, don't tell him I told you about his story. <laughs> it's a crazy story, you guys. I don't even know most of it, to be honest. So I'm actually really excited yeah. to hear all of it. So, I do. I enjoy telling it. Too. Yeah. Um, I do want to first talk about, to keep everyone on their toes, um, but first talking about fitness in your life right now, yes. and then we'll backtrack backwards, but okay. more about like your training, um, what kind of clients you train, your whole method, and just how you get people to fall in love with fitness by training with you yes um so a lot of what i do is strength training so i try to bring strength training into everybody that i work with um and that being that i try to help everybody build muscle in some kind of way um women included absolutely (laughs) and i know a lot of women are scared when they come to me at first um they see me. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm fairly muscular. So they they definitely don't want to look like me. And I think that's every female that I work with is kind of their hesitation at first. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, so, I don't want to be bulky. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, but it's so important for everybody to be strong. You know, it just, it helps our everyday life. It just helps you in everything that you do. So oh, yeah. um, that is what my training is based on as far as who I work with I've worked with everybody from college students which I generally keep some college students uh, on my client list and my 
oldest two clients right now are 63 and 67. Oh, wow. So um, I haven't had that yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. I love working with such a diverse group of people, mm-hmm. um, male and female, and just they all have different goals. So mm-hmm. um, all of them at different different stages of their life. Mm-hmm. You know? um, for the most part, my college students just want to look better. It's not <laughs> it's not about anything else, but it's all about the looks. And uh, my middle-aged men and women um, are generally very successful people, and they just want to be healthy to enjoy the tons of money that they've accumulated over <laughs> over time for when they retire. So, so we just try to keep them active and moving and healthy and. Uh, enjoy all their travels in their life after their careers. Do you work with diet as well? I do. So I do give nutrition guidance to everybody that I work with. Uh, everybody's different. I've worked with vegetarians. I've worked with every type that you could possibly think of. So um, I try to be very flexible in the nutrition guidance that I give. And I try to make something that works with that particular client that I know that they can kind of stick with, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know as trainers from experience, um, the only way you're going to be successful in reaching your goals is if it is something that you can sustain over a long period of time. Absolutely. Right. It's not a six to eight week thing. Um, That's always a failing type of type of uh, atmosphere. So um, yeah, I try to just work with them as far as whatever they can sustain over a long period of time. And that goes for exercise and nutrition. Awesome. Um, Have you always been healthy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fit? I have been active all my life. I started sports when I was seven years old. So and I was just always out and playing. So yeah, I was I was healthy in that manner. Um, at one point in time in my life, I was definitely mentally was not healthy, and I did a lot to destroy my body. Uh, so it was really <laughs> it was really in my mid twenties where fitness started to be my focus, and where I really started to make it my lifestyle. When was the first time you walked into a gym, and when was the first time when you're like, "This is gonna be my career"? Wow. Uh, the first time I walked in a gym was, you know, it was just kind of some amateur weightlifting through high school during sports um, and doing some of that stuff. And I had no clue that that was going to be, I, at that time, I had no clue what I was going to do in life. So, <laughs> so um, I would say that when I actually thought that I would make it a career was probably not until I was late 20s maybe 30 years old okay um i just didn't think it was something that i could do as a living honestly you know i thought it was a great hobby but i didn't know that that i could make it a living and a lifestyle yeah i love that's later in 20s because so many people think they have to have their career figured out by the time they're 18 or 21 oh yeah you know and (laughs) it's like well no you can like always have right switches and you don't really know your passions until I feel like mid late twenties, anyway. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I didn't even start my fitness career until I was thirty two years old. Wow, well, how old so, are you now? I am forty. Forty. <laughs> yeah. No shame. <laughs> no shame at no all. No shame. You look better than most forty year olds. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I think we are ready to dive into um, pretty much your story on when your life flipped and the whole journey to that, and just. Go for it, because I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I was always, I was raised in a great family. 
Um, raised in a, in a middle-class neighborhood, had everything that I wanted, was always great in school, played sports. Uh, and it was in high school that I kind of, I got off track, Dallas. Um, mm. I started getting involved with the wrong, I surrounded myself with the wrong people. I was very concerned with being popular and liked by everybody. Mm. Uh, and I got involved in, in drugs, uh, got involved in a drug culture, started off just smoking weed. Um, and you know that that ended up where I quit sports I actually quit high school and dropped out of high school Um, yeah so I was a high school dropout and at that point I did not know where to go Uh, being raised the way that I was it was like I was just the complete opposite of everybody in my family and everybody that was my true friends Um, what did your parents say Oh, God, they were, I mean, they tried every way they could to either punish me or, you know, take all of my privileges and incentives away. But I was just, I was so hard-headed as a kid. (laughs) I know, yeah, it was, I was just way, way too gone. Um, So I eventually got my GED, but I was, by that time I was, I was selling drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got into selling weed at first and like so many people in that lifestyle is whether you're using or selling um it's just kind of like it's a snowball effect you don't really realize how deep you're getting yourself in or what you're actually doing until like until you look back at it for the most part right was (laughs) it just the money it was the money it was the popularity it was you know, I was, I was a teenage kid. Yeah, I was rebellious, and it gave me the opportunity to do whatever I wanted to do at that point in time without any thoughts of my future. Um, and I think that I, going back to our, our future and our passions and what we think we're going to do, at that time, I, I thought at 17 or 18 I should know what I was going to do, and I was just kind of lost, and mm-hmm. I had no clue. So I was just going to continue on the path that I was going even though I knew that it was absolutely terrible for mm-hmm. me. Um, what, um, I don't know if this is even appropriate, but what <laughs> drugs were you selling after weed? So it, it started with weed and then I got into pretty much selling whatever I could get my hands on. So if I could get my hands on um, a lot of prescription pills or mushrooms or LSD, anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I just got into selling everything um, and then when I was 19 years old, I really got into selling ecstasy and cocaine. Okay. So, did you ever do so, those as well? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. It wasn't a, it was, that part was more of a recreational thing for me. Mm-hmm. At least at that point in time in my life, I had figured out that I had a very addictive personality. Yeah. So I didn't want to fall into that. Yeah. Um, I'd seen people with, with that type of problem. Um, and with that, when I started doing that, it was more about the money and the, the kind of influence that I could have mm-hmm. over people mm-hmm. okay. um, than it was actually getting high or anything. Did your family know you were doing it? They did not. They had okay. no clue. They knew, I think they loosely knew, but didn't want to know that I was Do that I was selling that. weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was other stuff going on. Okay. But it so was kind of, I don't think any parents want to believe that about them. <laughs> 
<laughs> about their baby, especially their, especially their youngest son. Yeah, yeah so, definitely not. So it was kind of, you know, I think they they just kind of thought that it would just eventually work itself out. Right, which yeah. it did. It did. <laughs> it took a little longer than they thought it would to work itself out. <laughs> but they found out. Okay, so keep going. Yes. I guess I won't interrupt you. Okay. Um, so, you know, everything was kind of... Everything kind of came to a head, um, and right after my 21st birthday, I ended up getting arrested. Um, I was set up by my friend, my <laughs> friend, as in my air quotes over here. <laughs> uh, he had gotten in trouble, and he decided to, he had gotten arrested by the FBI, and he had decided to help them out to help his case. Wow. So... He set me up. He set my my partner at the time up and had us pick up some cocaine at the nightclub that they owned. And I was followed and chased by the FBI on a car chase through. Wow. <laughs> through the interstates of Nashville. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Nate. I know. It's, it's so hard to believe. It is hard. Yeah. You are so kind and just, like, hardworking and, like... I don't know. That's yeah. just wild. I know. That's why this story is mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's the the thing about it, Dallas, is that there wasn't a day that I woke up that I knew what I was doing was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and that I didn't want to get away from it. I was just never strong enough to pull myself away from it. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> wow. You got arrested. Yes, I did. Um, Scary. Very. I'd never been in any real trouble. I had a couple of minor arrests for, I had a possession of marijuana and I think a public intoxication at the time. <laughs> so it was nothing, nothing too serious, I guess. I'd never done any jail time or anything. So the night I got arrested, it was by the FBI. It was a federal case. And to cut to the very end, and I'll fill in some of the in-between, after the night I got arrested, I did not see my freedom again for about 10 and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I never got out on bond. I never anything. I was arrested that night, and I was in prison for 10 and a half years. Oh, that's a whole other podcast episode in itself on yeah. what happened in prison. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's a different lifestyle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> In prison, is that where you found uh, knowledge of working out? I mean, obviously, you're probably bored, so you're getting super fit (laughs) to pass the time. (laughs) Yes. So So it happened. Yeah. It took me, me still being hard-headed and young at 21 years old, it took me, I was still pretty self-destructive for the first Mm -hmm. few years that I was there. Um, But that is where I started to find, yeah, my knowledge of fitness Mm-hmm. Read books, had material sent to me all the time, worked out quite off, quite often, um, and yeah, that's where like fitness kind of changed my life. It was it started as a, I want to look better type of thing. Um, stay just alive in jail. Yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much stay alive in jail. You're right, because um, I was I was just always a tiny kid, so I like I think. I think when I went in, I was about 125 pounds. I was just like rail thin. And I was always just a rail thin kid. Um, so I definitely, yeah, just wanted to be bigger, look better. You know, I mean, because eventually, hey, one day I am going to get out. Did you ever get in fights? Uh, first couple of years I did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the thing about prison was once people found out you would stand up for yourself, nobody bothered you. Wow. <laughs> so, what so, is, what's in the movies is true. It is. Uh, that is one of the few things that you see in the movies. Yes, is true about prison is that that is if you, if you do defend yourself or you do stand up for yourself and stand on what you believe in in there, then nobody will bother you. Wow. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is really where I found that prison changed my life. It gave me, I was somebody that always needed structure. And it was kind of when athletics went out the window when I was younger that I kind of found something else to fill my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that love again in my mid-20s for <clears throat> for fitness and, and that structure that, that it put into my life. Yeah, that's so. why kids need to be in sports. <laughs> Very much, yeah. Absolutely. A huge fan of sports, after-school activities. Definitely. All of that stuff for kids. Yeah. yeah. I, my brother and I both um, kind of went through a period of not really doing... I was a cheerleader in high school, but then after that, like, went to college and then kind of just didn't... I wasn't in fitness either, and then partying yeah. took over, which is wild. It, like, now that I really think about it, it's the first time I've really acknowledged that. Right. But when I didn't have cheerleading and dance and then... That little gap before I found fitness, mm-hmm. I was really unhealthy and into partying and yeah. alcohol a lot. Because we're gonna find something to fill our time. Right, exactly. Something that's and generally young minds. Feel good. Yes, young minds. Not. <laughs> it's yeah. not necessarily gonna be a productive thing. Yeah, my brother also got in trouble. Sorry, Jeremy. If you're listening <laughs> this, but he got in trouble too, and he was not really into sports. He just kind of yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I got released from prison. So I, I went in at 21 years old. I got released after my 31st birthday. What yeah. was the food like? Um, if you think about elementary school cafeteria, <laughs> it's, it's, somewhere like, it's somewhere like that. I'd heard that is the best I can relate. I've heard that it's something like a military type of cafeteria also or something like Ugh. that. So, yeah, yeah, it's Gross. not. It wasn't. Yeah, not. <laughs> It's really hard to build muscle when you're eating that. It wasn't the most appetizing in the world. That's what blows my mind is like you can work out all you want, but if the diet is so bad in prison, how the heck do people stay that buff? Hey, that's genetic stew player. Yeah, that's true. Very true. It works better for some. So when did you get certified as a trainer? You you couldn't, right, until you were out? Correct, yeah. So I went to – when I was released, I thought that – I was going to be a steel worker. I had taught myself to do steel work, weld, and do all that stuff in prison. So I thought I was going into the construction industry, um, going to be a steel worker, and that was going to be my life. And just, you know, kind of fitness was just on a back. I would work out here and there wherever I could. Mm-hmm. Um, turned out that I could not get a job in the construction industry. Uh, the halfway house that I was released to would not let me travel for work. So... I ended up going back to the service industry and getting a job instead of doing my skilled trade that I spent years doing and training for. um, I was told I couldn't do that, and I ended up getting a job bussing tables straight out of prison. Wouldn't they tell you when you're training that they don't take felons? (laughs) No, they. um, That wasn't even the issue. It was. It was the halfway house that wouldn't let me travel for work. Oh. So I. I mean, the construction industry is all about it. They. You know, some, hey, I've met some ex-cons that are probably some of the most hardest working individuals that you ever meet because they never want to go back to that situation. Yeah. So um, 
so yeah, I was just denied there. And it was, that was a rough time for me because I had spent so much time training for that and I would have had a well-paying job right out of prison. And then I went busting tables for $5 and 50 cents an hour plus tips. So, and I ended up taking a second job, like installing garage doors. So I was working 70 hours a week just to, just to kind of get by in life and rebuild my life. Were you depressed? (sighs) Wow. Um, I don't know that I was depressed. I was definitely at a point where I didn't know how the hell my life was going to turn out and what kind of quality of life I was going to have. So that was very disappointing to me. Um, Especially at 31 because... Yeah. As humans, we have this time clock on ourselves and put right. pressure to right. age to success. Yeah. Which I don't think is right. But no, it's definitely not. I've, but it's I've natural. Seen, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I've seen people reinvent themselves at 40 and 50 years old. Right. So mm-hmm. it's definitely not the case. Um, but yeah, I was definitely down. Um, mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So, so that was kind of hard to recover from. And I didn't know what I was going to do from there. So I just kind of... I worked my ass off in the service industry and then ended up doing bartending, bar backing, bartending, and then ended up, the company that I worked for was great. They could have cared less about my background um, and they actually put me in charge of all their private events. So I, so I ran their private events for them. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good opportunity, but also in Nashville, you can do really well in the service industry, but that was just not. <laughs> it was just not I knew that that was not going to be what I wanted to yeah. do you know yeah um, definitely. I, yeah I definitely wasn't happy okay <laughs> so then but I was continuing to work out through that whole thing okay and okay. yeah towards the end of that or actually in the middle of all that stuff when I was serving tables is when I got certified back to your question okay um, so I studied all my materials and got certified through all that felt like I had a good amount of knowledge I I did work out programming for myself and shared knowledge with other people along mm-hmm. the way so I kind of felt like I had I had that yeah going for me yeah um and then my ex actually is the one that pushed me to like really go for your dream if that's your dream because I still had it in my mind that I couldn't make a career out of it really yeah so oh. she gave me a little kick in the rear end Oh, good. Well, that's great. <laughs> I that's mean, great. yeah, yeah. We all need some external motivation sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So then when did you, your first training job? Yeah. So, Next Level? It's our gym. It was. Yeah. Next Level Fitness was my first training job. So back to my age, I had gotten certified when I was 32, 33 years old, or I started looking for a job when I was 33 years old. Um, and being a convicted felon, being 33 years old and never having a job in the fitness industry, um, surprisingly enough, most, most gyms didn't want to touch me. (laughs) That that might be a shocker. Yeah, yeah, super. (laughs) Oh, poor me. I know, right? Let's give him a break. I mean, I was just like, I was like, is this ever going to go my way? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I was 
just a, like you can't even explain your story on the resume. You can't be like, no, this is what happened. Yeah, you know? no, it's oh. it's just a black and white question. And oh, it's awful. Nobody, you know, I mean, you could have people be don't. A murderer, you're you right. Be, yeah. yeah, people don't even interview you now. You know, it's just kind of like they saw that check mark on an application, and it's over to over to the trash. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan, but it's fair. You know. Everybody can run their business the way they want to. Right. And they missed out on me, so that was their loss. True. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> yeah, so I was sitting in my doctor's office one day and I actually saw Next Level Fitness sign. And I thought to myself, well, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to go. I knew it wasn't like a chain gym mm-hmm. or anything. Right. So I thought, well, hey, if it's an independent owner, maybe I have a better shot at, at going to train there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I walked in, I met Jack Haynes who owns next level fitness. And he just kind of told me that he was like, Hey, this is what we do. You know, everybody runs their own business out of here. If you feel like you can get clients and you have people that want to train with you, you're more than welcome to try it out. Um, he gave me a disclaimer and says like, I'm not going to give you any clients. (laughs) So so you're going to have to hustle and make it work yourself. So I was like, well, I I had already had a few people tell me that if I ever got into it, that they would work with me. So I just started getting on the phone and texting me like, hey, <laughs> here's your shot. Here's your shot. Help me out. Because this is seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. Seven right. years ago. So Instagram. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even. Yeah. No, really it was not, not big really, like it is. Right. Now. Yeah. Social yeah. media wasn't. Yeah. There's none no. of those apps that you can use to find people. Like no. You just gotta... No, it was just me talking to people. Hmm. Thankfully, I I look like I'm in shape, so I'm able to uh, people comment about the way that I look. Mm-hmm. You look like a trainer. <laughs> Thank you. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> That's a you huge look compliment. like you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's a so... huge compliment when people say that to it's, me. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so... A lot of the people that I work with have just started in conversations like that. Me being out, me talking to people, socializing, or them being referred by somebody that I already work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. So that started going for you. Yes. And then another, I don't know what (laughs) word to describe, trauma happens. Yeah. Life event. So my dad had been... When I came out of prison, my dad had been, his health had been going downhill. We weren't sure exactly what was wrong with him at first, um, but it turned out he had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So he had a long downhill battle. Um, very tough to see a strong, independent like man go downhill and, and just pretty much lose all physical capabilities. Um, so my dad finally passed a couple years after I started training which was rough on me um obviously him and i had a rocky relationship there for a little while mm-hmm. um he kind of blamed some of my situation on himself he thought he went wrong as a parent which definitely wasn't the case so we had just been able to repair <clears throat> repair our relationship really well so that was kind of it was tough on me yeah um to lose a parent in my 30s who i had lost so many years with yeah so well, that happened. At least it wasn't while you were in jail. Though. No, that was that was a huge plus, and it was it was great that I was able to mend and repair that relationship. Definitely, and we knew it was coming at some point. We just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was at peace with it at least. So when that happened, 
did you retaliate in any way? Like, everyone deals with trauma different, and some people party, some people don't eat, some people don't work out, some people work out a lot. Yeah. You know, like, how did you deal with that and not go into the, I feel sorry for myself, I'm just going to give up on life? Um, I think it was two things, and I think this goes for, God, all the negative stuff that I had happen after I was released um, from being turned down from a job, uh, going into the construction industry to uh, my dad passing, um, I actually just worked out harder. I kind of, yeah, instead of, I knew the consequences of going back to drugs or, you know, alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge reminder. And I was one of those people that was bound and determined to never go back to <laughs> to where I came from. That was Good. that was not a, it was going to be any other way, but that was just not an option for me. Um so I just kind of lost myself in working out and trying to get better mm-hmm. in that way and trying to find a way through it. That's good. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the healthiest way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, you know, just kind of getting older, Dallas. Um well, not necessarily getting older, maybe maturing more would probably be the better way to put it, was like I tried to start working through my problems instead of avoiding them, which mm-hmm. kind of turned me to the alcohol and drug abuse. Got it. Yeah. That's a good life lesson. Yeah. This, it's so it's scary to address them and accept them. It is. And it's way easier to just get lost and just try to forget them. And that's where everyone kind of, that's yeah. how you can get off track. Yeah. And then... It's like the problem's still there. Oh, it's, it always you know, comes back. Always comes back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice I can give? I've been through some stuff and working out was definitely key for me to get through it and made me actually feel better. Right. And I've also been on the other side where partying was also there. And I look back and just regret ever turning to partying and right. just getting off flight to Vegas for the weekend, you yeah. know, for <laughs> dealing with some stuff. And right. man, it just... If anyone's listening to this that is going through things, just you will not regret turning to fitness and letting that be your um, escape. Yeah, your outlet. Mm-hmm. Your outlet. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So after that, I'm glad you stuck with being healthy. Yes. Do you take time off training clients? I oh, That was actually my way of coping was not taking time okay. off of work. Okay. Which I don't know if that was the healthiest thing in the world. It probably wasn't looking back, but uh, I didn't need to be alone in my thoughts at the time either. Um, I do, with me and my clients, I have have a pretty personal relationship with a lot of my clients. Mm -hmm. Like we we talk, uh, we probably share things with each other that they may not share with their significant others and coworkers and everything else. So... Just being around them and speaking to them um, was kind of my therapy. Actually, yeah. they're—I tend to be their therapist. I always sometimes say that. Uh, for but, trainers and therapists. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes they tend to be my therapist. So, yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. It's so, so when so they're quick rest break, when they hate me, um, <laughs> they can hear my problem and give me some advice. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a great job. It I is. Love it. it is. Yeah. I think Dallas can tell you, I walk in with a smile on my face almost every day. I, yeah. love, I love my job and uh-huh. I love my life. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Uh, so 
You were also still married at that point, right? I was. I got married after I got released from prison, met her after my release. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly after my dad passed, we separated on top of that. So I was just going through, yeah. I was going through some rough life stuff and it was more it was more emotionally than it was the physical part mm-hmm. like it had been in my past mm-hmm. yeah. do you think the past um related to that separation or was it just too much for you or what happened with that i think that i was not i thought i was ready to be a partner to someone but i don't think i was mm-hmm. i think it was yeah i thought i was ready but i was not ready to be somebody's partner in life, I don't think. Okay. So um, I don't I don't know that I gave it. I think I gave it 100% in the way that I knew how at the time, but I don't think that it was, I don't think that I was a good husband to my ex. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, right. I don't think I was good. You still had, yeah, I mean, you still had exploring, like 20s to 30s is kind of your decade yeah. to yeah. Yeah. figure yeah. out yourself and live your life and be single yeah and so you're technically at 33 you're 23 that's what we always said like i had my 30th birthday a couple months ago yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) take back 10 years yeah your actual age that's 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 what i've always tried to tell people that's true though (laughs) i agree with that yeah no shame yeah so and even through that you and you guys are friends still, right? We are. Yeah, we are. She so. is. Um, yeah, we're still good friends. I still can turn to her for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's much smarter than I am, so she doesn't need my advice so much. But she'll still ask me questions here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we do. It was it was a very amicable breakup, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And even after that, you were still full force. Still full force. Fitness, working yeah, out, yeah. healthy. Yeah. Um, um, you like to drink every now and again, but not I, to... I, yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a very balanced lifestyle type of person, mm-hmm. and I try, to, I try to tell my clients about that too. You know, don't, don't set unrealistic expectations for yourself because then, you know, it's, it's just you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to fail. We made take more time doing something when than we had initially thought but you never want to quit and fail yeah so but yeah i'm a very i drink on the weekend some i don't drink during the week at all um you know i'm just i know myself i've i've come to know my body and i don't function well when i when i drink at night i don't sleep well and with me waking up at 4 a.m every day that just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. no that doesn't work i can't bring the energy if i if i'm yeah. tired all the time so yeah. but also n- saying no alcohol no sugar ever that's also not gonna work out yeah no yeah your happiness is yeah. just right yeah. yeah i have sweets every once in a while i eat i try to make sure that i eat really really good most of the time that way when I go out to eat or when I want to, you know, if I have a cheat meal, then it's it's not a bad thing. And yeah. I do them once or maybe twice a week and they are satisfying for mm-hmm. me. So it's not it's not a guilt thing. Um, 
and I know it's not going to wreck my goals either when exactly. I do these things. So, yeah. yeah. So that's the whole goal. It's it's about being healthy in your lifestyle, happy in your lifestyle, and, and just being balanced in everything you do. Exactly. Yeah. And not this short term, okay, next month I want to be at this weight and then try to, you know, it's like, no. just look at the longevity of it. Yeah. The entire life. Yeah. You can yeah. work towards something a little bit every day. Yeah. But still enjoy what life is, which is like going out for drinks with your friends or going to a birthday party and eating that piece of cake without right. being like dead over it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just upset with yourself and mm-hmm. feel guilty. Yeah. It's, then it's no fun either. Yeah. So um, I've even turned down clients that have had the goal of I'm going on a vacation in six weeks and I want to drop 15 pounds in that time. And, you know, it's yeah. just not a healthy. Right. So it's your fault if you don't get them down. Yeah, and it's just not a healthy mindset because then they already have in their mind that they're going to starve themselves or do something crazy for six weeks. They're mm-hmm. going to go on vacation and they're not going to come back to it. Right. So, And that's not what that's not what this is about. I don't really understand the whole, I'm going on vacation, I want to look great. I'm like, but what, for your Instagram followers right. that see your posts every day? Right, yeah. How about you feel great instead of look great? Just, yeah. That's even, that's like, even why, better. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> It's it's a tough thing to explain. It's like it's a weird light bulb that just clicks on, I feel like, for people that get it and put those numbers out of the window. And, like, I was that way at some point, too, where it was always, I have this shoot coming up, I have to drop this amount of weight. Right. And it finally somehow just clicked when I started doing it every day and making um, habits yeah. out of it. And then I started real- seeing change, finally. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. And so it really is consistency and just not yeah. freaking out over the yeah. scale. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's definitely – I think that I probably have a split of clients that want to – some of them want to be stronger. Some of them want to gain weight. Some of them want to gain muscle. Others, you know, probably 50% of them want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody that has come in with this target weight that they have that they want to hit, when they hit that target weight – they were not happy with the way they looked because they were so concerned about dropping pounds. It didn't matter if it was fat. It didn't matter if it was muscle. They just wanted to drop pounds. When they hit that target weight, they still weren't happy with the way they looked. Mm-hmm. So then we had to rework. <laughs> so then we rework goals and do other stuff. But sometimes you have to let people get to that goal and realize, and that's that's their light bulb moment. But mm-hmm. That's their like, okay, I thought I wanted to hit this amount of pounds, this pound on a scale and that really wasn't it like that wasn't you know and then they realized like it's more about how I look and it's more about how I feel as opposed to that number that they see on a scale when they look down yeah I hate the scale everyone needs to throw it away right (laughs) (laughs) unless it's one of those that measures your muscle mass and water yeah they have some yeah yeah other than that but for the most part if you're looking at it just for a, a number of pounds yeah I'm not a I'm not a fan. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So after, at this point, divorce and you are 34? Um, at this point, I divorced. God, I'm horrible with years, Dallas. Um, 37. Oh, 37. <laughs> Ish. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> I'm so bad. If you ask that, I... You can ask me what year something happened. I am the worst in the world. I swear to God. I would know if it was two years ago, three years ago. And these are pretty okay. major life events. And I'm like, eh. 
Well, ballpark, mid 30s. I think it was 2018. So okay. I think it was, yeah, 37. There. 30, yeah. Okay. Fair. Got it. <laughs> um, and at what point does the next life event, negative life event, happen? So, you know, I try to get over that. And my whole goal behind after, after my divorce was I knew working out was a thing and I knew I had some stuff to work on mentally and emotionally um, to get through that. So I was, I was pretty good. You know, I knew that I didn't want another relationship at the time, so I wasn't chasing that. So that wasn't an issue in my life either. Um, and then not even a year later, um, my mother, who I had a very close relationship, she actually trained with me once a week. Oh. Um, yeah, she was she was huge in my life. She was the one that um, even kind of made me have that light bulb moment in prison about, you know, getting my shit together. <laughs> um, she, at her, probably one of her healthiest points in her life, just before her 70th birthday, she passed away. Um, had a massive brain aneurysm and, yeah. With all of that other, you said it, this is all within like 20 months. All within 20 months. That's yeah, wild. my dad passed, I got divorced, and my mom wow. passed. Yeah, so it's it was awful. Yeah, and it was, I I can't imagine it was it was devastating to me and I think that it's it's still hard my mother is still hard for me because it was I never got to say goodbye to her mm-hmm. like I never got to she was totally healthy and I expected to see her two or three times a week talk to her every day mm-hmm. you know something like that and then she's just not there yeah. um, whereas like I said my dad was about a five year downhill we had pretty much, I pretty much mourned my dad while he was alive, as bad right. as that sounds to say. No, um, but you but it was, it. yeah, you you knew it was coming. It's, I mean, it's a terminal illness, so you can live with that. Did you? How did your body change at that point? Were you were you eating still? I was, yeah, okay. yeah. Eating's never been a problem for me. No. <laughs> Hey Dallas, once you eat prison food, yeah. you'll just eat anything out here. That's true. <laughs> Like, I'm never taking food for granted again. <laughs> Too many bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it was even even more intensified as far as me wanting to just really dial in my nutrition. I, I think that probably gave me an outlet was really figuring out my nutrition mm-hmm. even further and programming even further and everything like that. So I mean, that was just kind of, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of hard to believe. It is, uh, like I said, I've always had that possibly obsessive, like addictive personality. Uh And it's just my addiction is kind of geared towards fitness now as opposed to anything else. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I could could find worse outlets. Yeah, I know. (laughs) For sure, right? It's awesome. I mean, yeah, I think the way you deal with issues, whether it's small or just life-changing, just reflects completely on who you are and... Um, and where your life is going to go after that. So yeah. um, it's amazing that you went through all of that and we're still able to come out on top and just st- never look back yeah. again to who you used to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I knew that's something that I never wanted to go back to. Yeah. Didn't know where I wanted to go always, but I knew where I, you know, my hardest, like I, I'd say my best lessons have been my hardest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like in that sense, I, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to go back to. Do you forgive your younger self? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and I've had this question posed to me a few times. It's like, would you change anything? And, you know, as much as I would not want to go through what I've gone through, um, I think it's made me, um, I think it's made me a great person. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll toot my own. I'll pat my own self on the yeah, back right here. Um, absolutely. It's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's made me a better person. So um, I just always ask this at the end, if you could give any advice to anyone that's going through what you go through or what you've been through, mm-hmm. doesn't mean specifically prison, but I mean, that's just like huge life-changing traumatic events. What would that one piece of advice be? Uh, I would say my advice would be just don't give up. There's, you're always gonna have, life's never gonna be perfect. Right. It's it's you're always going to have a stumbling box, no matter how good you think it is. Um, And I would say just continue to pick yourself up and continue to keep on trying. Don't ever, you know, as cliche as this sounds, don't ever give up. Right. There's if you don't stop, you'll make progress. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's just you're always going to have a stumbling blocks in your way. Mm -hmm. Some of them bigger, some of them smaller. But. But you just gotta keep on going. Yeah, we'll get yeah. through it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for having, or thanks for coming on the show. No, oh, thanks for. <laughs> thanks for having me on the show, Nate. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'll I'll guest host sometime. Yeah. Uh, tell everyone where they can follow you on Instagram. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. It's at Nathaniel Edmund. No spaces, no underscores. That's N A T H A N I E L E D M A N. And if you need a trainer, hit me up. Or me, if you're a female. I don't train men. Either or. Some people like females trainers, some people like males. Whatever. Yeah. You can come see us at Next Level Fitness. (laughs) We're going to go have a drink now. We are. (laughs) (laughs) All about balance. All about balance. Strive for balance. (laughs) Thanks, Nate. You're welcome.